If I were to ask you the question, what is your greatest need today? What is your answer? If we are honest with ourselves many times, the answer would be, my greatest need today is money. If I were to ask you the question, and if you were to do a survey today, what is the one area that you struggle with many times? It has to do with finance. We cannot talk about the full life unless we talk about finance and money. Because without it, we struggle to experience the full life. And so today, I'd like to talk on, I'd like to share on God's financial plan. My text is taken from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22, but just, just a jump start kind of a text. See, for all of us here in this world, money really matters. Money matters to each and every one of us. Money matters to God. Money is a very important part of life. So much of life is spent on money. Earning it, working for it, budgeting it, spending it, protecting it, investing it. So much time is spent on the pursuit of money. And yet, at the same time, we are so worried so caught up about money, so stressed up on money. A lot of quarrels and fights, murders, conflicts are because of money, whether international, national, or domestic, right in our home, or even among friends. So money is a very important part of our life. We all need money, don't we? All of us need money to survive. We need money to pay our bills. Whether it be the grocery, living expenses, medical education, children's education, or just for pleasure vacation. And so, we cannot avoid it. The full life involves money. Money is important not only to each and every one of us, it is also important to God. Many times we think that the Bible is not so relevant to life. Here am I struggling with money issues, and yet what does the Bible have to say? You will be surprised that Jesus talked more about money than he talked about heaven and hell combined. 16 of the 38 parables of Jesus have to do with money, possessions, the use or the abuse of it. 288 verses in the Gospels or one out of every 10 verses in the Gospels deal with money. There are 275 verses on prayer. 350 verses on faith. 650 verses on love. But there are 2,000 
350 verses dealing with money and money issues. Five times more than all the other themes in the Bible. So you find that money is important to God. Otherwise, why did Jesus spend so much time talking about money? Because he knows that money affects all of us. And so it is very important for us to understand that God is interested in financial matters in your life, in my life. In fact, God has a financial plan. In order to make it well in this world, in order to live a full life, you can plug in and work according to God's financial plan. And it will surprise you what He can do for us. The first thing about God's financial is to know that God has given His promise to bless. God has given us His promise to bless. And that is the first thing about God's financial plan. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he has no sorrow with it. Wow! What a verse! Type in the chat group and say, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. Blessing, richness. If I were to say to you today, God is looking for somebody to bless and to make rich, I think many of us will say, Lord, here am I, send money my way. Isn't it? Here am I, send me the money. But what does it really mean when the Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich? The blessing of the Lord makes one wealthy. But what is this blessing that makes one rich? Is it just money? Is it just finance? The blessing of the Lord is more than just the ringgit notes or the titles to your property or your cars or other possessions that you have. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich. The blessing of the Lord is multifaceted, multidimensional. It covers every areas of our life really and not just limited to money. For example, when we say, and when we talk about salvation, the Greek word there is sozo, which means the complete blessings of the Lord, the total blessings of the Lord, the sozo blessings of the Lord, which will bless you, spirit, soul, and body in every areas. So it is more than just money. Definitely, it includes money and finance. Don't get me wrong. But when we talk about riches, it's just like the little girl that came to the father and said, Dad, are we rich? 
Now, if you are the dad, how will you answer when your daughter asks you, are you rich? Are we rich? Well, richness is relative. It depends on what your values are. And it depends on who you compare with, right? If you want to compare with somebody in Zimbabwe or Congo, where their GDP is less than 500 US dollars, then definitely most of us are richer than them. We are rich. Even though you are struggling financially, by comparison with somebody else, we are rich. And our government is famous for that. They compare our, our national interest, whatever it is, with somebody not stronger, with somebody weaker, and say, we are doing fine. But what is this riches that God is talking about? The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and he has no sorrow to read. Richness, as somebody says, is something that money cannot buy. It is beyond just money itself. I've seen rich people who are rich in wealth, and yet they are most miserable of all. I've seen people who are rich in their character, in their attitudes, and they are so blessed. It's not just about finance, although the major part of it covers it. And if you do it God's way, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he has no sorrow to read. In other words, there is a way to accumulate wealth and there will be a lot of trouble. You do it the world's way. You do it the world system. There will be a lot of trouble and sorrow to read. But if you do it God's way, God says, there's no sorrow with it. Prosperity with no sorrow, type in the chat group. That's the blessings of the Lord. And He can send it your way. Other version says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. And there's no increase like it. In other words, when the Lord bless you, he doesn't bless you in a natural way. He blesses you in a supernatural way. And the increase will be great. It is not just a matter of you trying to juggle between three jobs in order to make ends meet. But when the Lord blesses you, even with just one job, I'm not saying that you, you, know, you shouldn't hold multiple jobs. I did. At one time, I worked three jobs in America just to survive. And yet the Lord's blessing is there. There is joy and there is increase. And all my other colleagues in the working place and, and fellow students, they have to take government loans. By the time they graduate, they are loaded with debts. And here I was, walk out debt-free. The blessings of the Lord causes us to increase faster, further than any one of us can do in our own way. And so, recognize that God has promised to bless His people. Psalms 35 verse 27, 
Let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. When you are prosperous, when you walk in the blessings of the Lord, God is magnified. God is glorified. There may be friends and even enemies who will not be happy, but the Lord is magnified. Jeremiah 29 verse 11, you know this very well. But I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to what? Prosper you in the NIV version and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. So John verse 2. John's prayer for the believers there is that you may be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. Now, this is not preaching about prosperity gospel, all right? I'm just talking about the promises of God. The prosperity gospel says God wants to bless you with a Mercedes, with a bungalow beside the sea, or on the top of the hill, and all kinds of things. No. God will not make every one of us a millionaire. But God says... I have a plan to prosper you. I have a plan to take care of you. I am the shepherd. I will take care of you, every single one of you. Somebody shout a loud amen. Whatever your portion and lot may be in life, God has promised His blessing on you. Whether that will come out in wealth, in ringgit, in satisfaction in your heart, in relationships, or in any other things in life. God says, I will bless you. And so, we have to believe God for financial blessings. That's the first step. There are some people who think that prosperity is a sin. There are some people who think that poverty is a virtue. No. God wants to bless you. And you have to believe God for financial blessings. Otherwise, you will never break through the financial bondage that you are in. The trap that you are in, some of you can never break through. Why can I never succeed in financial matters? Why am I always in lack? You don't have to be. The first thing is you have to believe God for financial blessings. Type in the chat group and say, Lord, I believe. Hallelujah. Everybody say, Lord, I believe. Amen. That's the first step. If you do not realize the plan of God, if you do not believe the plan of God for financial breakthrough and blessings in your life, you will get nowhere. But beyond the promise of God, praise God that you have to realize that God has given you not just His promise, but the power to get wealth. God has given us the power to get wealth. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Tells us 
Verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you power to get wealth. Type in the chat group. Power to get wealth. Why? Why has He given us the power to get wealth? He says that He may establish His covenant. It is not just to make us rich. It is not just so that you may glory in your own, you know, intelligence, smartness, cleverness, but so that He may establish His covenant with you. The power to get wealth. Now notice it says here, God will give us what? The power to get wealth. It does not say God will make you wealthy. Just like that. But God does in operating His financial plan for your life is He gives you the power. He does not cause riches and money to fall down from heaven to grow on trees. That's the mistake that a lot of people make. God, you promised to bless me. I claim it in the name of Jesus and they do nothing about it. God doesn't say I will make you wealthy, but I will give you the power to get the wealth. How does he do that? He provides us everything that we need, including his grace, his strength, his favor. He anointed us with abilities, sometimes even beyond ourselves. He rains down his blessings on us that causes us to be rich. He gives you power to get wealth. In other words, He expects you to do something. It's not just you lazing back and say, God, now you bless me. No, you have to put in. Whatever that he has placed in your hands, and this is very important, he gives you power to get wealth. He gives you the ability. He fills your hands. He fills your life with abilities and expertise, with knowledge and understanding so that you can be successful and blessed in this world. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 8. The Lord will command the blessings on you. Here we go again. He will command the blessing. The blessing that will make you rich, he says, in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. How does God do it? The Lord will command his blessings in your storehouses. Where is your storehouse? We must have a storehouse for God to bless us. I'm asking you, where is your storehouse? In order that God may bless. In your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. The storehouse is where you set your hand. He will bless you. In your storehouse where you set your hand. That may be the office where you are working. 
That may be the business that you are operating. That's your storehouse. That may be the kitchen where you are baking to sell food online or whatever it is. That may be that room where you churn out computer programs. All kinds of things. Where is your storehouse? Will you come before the Lord and say, Lord, command your blessing in my storehouse today and bless the work of my hands. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 8 says, in which you set your hand, you read down the verse and in verse 12, and God says, I will bless the work of your hands. I will open the heavens and I will bless the work of your hands and you will be a lender and not a borrower. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. God says, I will bless the work of your hands. God will only bless when you have put in your part. He will bless the work of your hands. What is it that is in your hands? There is a question that God always asks His people. What is it in your hands? If you can just learn to dedicate that unto the Lord, God says, I will bless it. And the blessings of the Lord means increase that is further and far greater than you can ever imagine. So you have to do something. You have to work at something in order for God to do the rest. You cannot just do nothing and expect the blessings of the Lord to come upon you. God says, I'm waiting to bless your storehouse, but you haven't prepared your storehouse. You haven't filled your hands. You have to do something. Now, those of you, there are those people who, whom we constantly read in the newspaper because they wanted to do something or because they are fearful of their financial situation. They get into all those kind of get-rich-quick scheme. And they lost everything. When you say the work of your hands, friends, don't fall for all those con jobs. Get rich quick kind of thing. You become a prey in this world. It's the work of your hands. In all toil, the book of Proverbs says, there is profit. So there is a plan that God has for financial success, for financial freedom, and even for economic recovery for each and every one of us. God has a plan for that. No matter what your situation is, brothers and sisters, does not matter whether you have, you are down to your last month, provision in the bank or whether you have lots of surplus there is a God's plan for us to experience financial freedom economic recovery and even business success I like the story of a man who had nothing and who became a multi-millionaire in the Bible his name is Jacob 
Let's see how God makes one man rich. How does God make a person rich? How do wise people build their wealth? Learn from the story of Jacob. In Genesis chapter 30, verse 25 to verse 43. Now, you know the story of Jacob. Jacob is a, is a grandson of a very wealthy man who was involved in the sheep, cattle, and goat business. He's also, his father is also very rich. Also involved in the sheep, cattle, and goat business. But one day, Jacob has to go to visit his uncle Laban. And his uncle Laban is also involved in the sheep, cattle, and goat business. Also rich, but not as rich as Abraham and as Isaac. But now Jacob has to go visit the uncle with nothing on his back, no money. And you know the story. He falls in love with the youngest daughter of Laban and says, I will work for Laban. For se- I work for Rachel for seven years because I love her. And Laban, the uncle, is a very crafty person. Instead of giving during, on the day of marriage, Rachel to Jacob, he gave the older sister to him. And as a result, Jacob has to work additional seven years for both the younger and the older sister. Not because he loved both, but because he was torn, tricked into it, and he loved the youngest. But after 14 years, there came a time when Jacob began to think about himself and his family and says, I got no money. How can I be a real gentleman? How can I support my family? And so he told Laban, I have to leave in order that I may venture out on my own. I cannot live under your roof all the time. But Laban knew that God had blessed his business because of Jacob. He had become so successful. So he wanted him to stay. Jacob had wanted to resign and just go on his own. But he said, stay and you name your wages. This is the second time that Laban used that phrase, name your wages. There are some of us who may be thinking of moving just like Laban, uh, just like Jacob. And we tell our boss, I want to leave. And we hand in the resignation letter, hoping that the boss will say, no, 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 stay, you name your wages. I'll pay you whatever you want. Hey, before you hand in your resignation, make sure that you are really, really useful in the company. Otherwise, the boss will be waiting for your resignation. And when you hand in the resignation, he'll be so happy to let you go. But in the case of Jacob, Laban knew he was successful because of Jacob. So Jacob replied, and says, no, I don't want any wages. Instead, what he asked for is in business, what we call equity partnership. 
Wages every month, you get a certain amount of money, 3,000, 5,000, 30,000, whatever it is. But it's very slow to become wealthy that way. So he says, I don't want any wage. I want equity, partnership. And you give me a share of what you have. Equity, partnership means you contribute your goods or your services in exchange or shares in the company. Very smart of him, but also very dangerous because he gets no salary. He gets no salary, and this, is, this can result in financial ruin, suicide. How can he support his family without any wages? And just based on equity partnership. And the conditions, the clauses, that he himself proposed to Laban seems so ridiculous. He says, I will take my share from your sheep and cattle and goats, from those that are speckled and spotted. Laban, he was a very shrewd businessman. Friends, when you go out and do business in the world, you will always meet Laban. Be careful of Laban. And Laban says, okay, great. Because statistics, statistically, there are not many spotted and speckled animals in his flock. And on top of that, he went ahead of Jacob and separated and took out all the spotted and speckled and gave to his sons. Cheated on Jacob again. That's the world. That's the business world that we are living in. It's not a harvest field. It's a cruel man-is-man kind of a world. And you business people, you know that. How many times you have been cheated by people like Laban who stole of your partnership, who cheated you all the clauses. So Laban did that. Separated all the spotted and speckled and set a three days journey between them. But Jacob, he trusted in God and he did something which we don't have time to go into right now. It's very interesting about this spotted and speckled. Now you know that sheep are mostly white in color, right? Goats are mostly black in color and cattle are brown in color. But then in between, sometimes there are what we call spotted and speckled ones. And the spotted and speckled ones are what we call in genetic uh, theory is the recessive genes. Not the dominant genes, but the recessive genes. So for example, parents may have black eyes or brown eyes. And then suddenly one of you may get a child that is with blue eyes. Where did they come from? It's there, actually. It's just recessive. But suddenly, one in a thousand, one in a million, you may get a blue-eyed boy or girl. And so it's rare. But that's what Jacob went for. And to cut the long story short, the Bible tells us it works for him. Not because it was scientifically accurate, but because the blessings of the Lord was upon Jacob. And even though his method, even though his knowledge is limited, 
that when you walk in the ways of the Lord, he will command his blessings upon your storehouse and upon the work of your hands. And the Bible concluded, chapter 30, verse 43. Thus, the man, Jacob, became exceedingly prosperous. From nothing, he became exceedingly prosperous. Let's learn from the lessons of Jacob. Trust the Lord. Use your expertise. Use your knowledge. Train yourself in the ways of the world. Be faithful to God, even in the little things. Be faithful to God. Be faithful in the areas of your work. Even when you are working for unjust bosses, like Jacob did for Laban, and yet he kept his heart right before the Lord. He trusted in the Lord and God blessed him. Brothers and sisters, ask God for wisdom, for financial success in your life. It's beyond us. God is our source. It's not just our method. It's not just our strategies that work. It is the Lord who commands His blessings. When we follow the lessons of Jacob that we learn here, friends, you will have the prosperity that gladdens your heart, the blessings that will cause you to be a blessing to others. So God gave us His promise. God gave us His power. God also has a purpose for His wealth that He brings into our life. It is prosperity with a purpose, really. God prospers us. Not just so that we can consume upon ourselves. When I say when God prospers us, it does not matter whether you are blessed with little or much. There are so many factors there, but as we make a firm commitment to serve God, to walk in His ways, to use whatever He has given to us, There is a purpose behind his blessings as well. There's another rich man in Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to verse 21. Very rich, but the Bible calls him a rich fool. A rich fool. God calls him a rich fool. Why? He has every signs of success. Everybody can point to his big mansion. To his big cars, not cars, but chariots at that time, horses. He got everything. Good harvest every season. Until so much so, he says, I got nowhere to store. Now I must build bigger barns. Bigger barns. Bigger storehouses so that he can store all his wealth. Are you building bigger barns? Nothing wrong in there, but the thing is, his concentration was upon, just like all of us, trying to improve our life, trying to make more money, trying to chase after money instead of chasing after God. We are just focused on just filling our lives with things. Yes, he is full. He had a full, fullness. But what is he full of? He is full of things. He is full of treasures, silver and gold, harvest, but his life is empty. 
His life is empty because he has forgotten God. He has forgotten others. Building bigger barns, but empty inside. And God says, tonight, your soul is required of you. What will you do with your riches then? That night, he would die. What are you going to do with your riches, God asks. And Jesus says, be rich towards God and not just in this world. Be full of God and not just full of yourself and treasures in this world. James talks about the rich man and the poor man in James chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. He says, let the poor man exalt in his position in Christ. The richness that he has in Christ and let the rich man be humble in his way. There are warnings from the word of the Lord. You see, it all depends on grace. It is grace that changes us. It is grace that changes the way you see and you use money. Again, here there are two stories. So in Luke chapter 18, verse 19. Luke chapter 18, there was a story of the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and posed Jesus a question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is the greatest commandment? What does the law say? And Jesus gave him the law. And guess what? In Luke chapter 18, the rich man cannot follow the law because the Bible says he was very rich and he cannot even part with a single cent that he has. You know? We have been blessed by rich people who have blessed us richly. But there are some rich people who cannot even part with a single dollar. And I've seen many of such cases also just like the rich young ruler. And he walked away, so sad, so sad. But then in Luke chapter 19, there was another rich person, very rich, the Bible says. And Jesus was passing by. He climbed the tree just to have a look at Jesus, just to be in touch with Jesus. And his name is Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus was touched by the grace of God. Jesus invited him. Now, he invited Jesus into his house. He opened his house and he opened his heart. And Zacchaeus said, he touched by the grace of God. Now, remember this man is very rich, very selfish, very cruel. Suddenly touched by the grace of Jesus Christ. He said, Master! I will give half of my possessions to the poor. And those whom I have cheated, I will repay four times more. Who can do that? Except one who is touched by the grace of God. It transforms how he sees and how he uses money. Brothers and sisters, God has a financial plan to bless. God will give you power to earn when he prospers, it is with a purpose. Prosperity with a purpose. Let us recognize the principle of ownership. God owns everything. We own nothing. 
Anything can happen to us today, tomorrow. Do we recognize God, you are the owner? The principle of stewardship, we are only stewards. We are only managers. Whatever that the blessing of the Lord has reached your storehouse, has reached you, you are only managers. So be careful in how you spend. Be careful in how you use the money that God has given into your hands, whether it's much or little. It does not matter. Don't waste it. Don't waste it. God has blessed the church. And it is only because of good stewardship that the Lord keeps on blessing. But the moment we fail in stewardship and waste the money of God, then we are accountable to the Lord. Then there is a principle of generosity. God blesses us in order that we may be a blessing to others. I'm in the chat group, blessed to be a blessing. Yes. Be a blessing to others. Be generous in every way. And you will discover that the generous life is a blessed life. You will discover that a generous life is the full life. And so, brothers and sisters, discover God's financial plan. Step into His promise. Receive the power of God and live out the purpose of God in His financial plan for each and every one of us. Let us pray. Thank you, dear Lord. Hallelujah. We are going to pray right now. Hallelujah. We are going to pray for each and every one of you. First of all, I'm going to pray to break all the financial bondages that some of you may be in. Some of you may be unwittingly be in debt. Debt is a curse. You are under bondage. And some of you are in deep, deep debts because maybe of failures in your business or whatever. We are going to cancel that and believe the Lord even to come in and intervene in that situation. And we're going to pray. Oh, even for each and every one of you. In a few moments, I ask you to raise up that hand. That hand that God will bless. The work of your hands. Whatever work that you are involved in. God is going to bless the work of your hands. And he's, you are going to see great results. It's a spiritual thing. First of all, and we're going to believe God. And ask God for wisdom to be upon each and every one of you. And after that, we are going to ask God to use each one of you to be a blessing. Shall we all stand together right now? Hallelujah.
Haleluya. Haleluya. Those of you who are in financial difficulties, those of you who are in financial debts, you have bills and bills to pay and you are just up to your neck. Oh, even right now, come. Come before the Lord and just look to Him. First and foremost as your source right now. Hallelujah. Just ask the Lord to break that bondage. Cancel it in the name of Jesus. Let's pray right now, whether you're at home or right here. Place your hands upon your heart and believe God. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray, dear Lord, for all those who are in financial difficulties right now, whether it be because of the pandemic, whether it be because or indirectly of the Ukraine war or whatever situations, dear Lord, or whether it be because, dear Lord, of unwise decision. But right now, today, in the name of Jesus, I break every financial bondages that your people may be facing and struggling with right now. In Jesus' name, oh God, I pray that you will make a way where there seems to be no way, dear Lord, and you will break through even for them. We believe in your promise, dear Lord, that the blessing of the Lord may reach, and He has no sorrow to it. We release that upon your people right now. Everybody raise up your hand unto the Lord. I'm going to ask the Lord to bless the work of your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's right. Raise it up unto the Lord and say, Lord, bless the work of my hands, dear Lord, and command your blessings to come down. Right now, dear Lord, as hands are raised before you, Lord, I command the blessings of the Lord God Almighty to rest upon your people. Whatever honest work that they are doing, whatever businesses that they are involving that brings glory to your name. Father, I pray, Lord, for the blessings of the Lord God to break through, to break through. Pour out, dear Lord, the blessings of heaven. Prosper your people. Let there be increase. Let there be results, dear Lord, no matter what the situation is. The devil will not steal away the harvest. But Lord, you shall cause an increase. Lord, sometimes we may not even know what to do. But Lord, cause the people to see what they have in their hands. Whether they work in the office or in the, or whether it be in the factory or whether they, Lord, they own their own businesses. I ask for wisdom for financial success. Let the wisdom of Jacob and the prosperity of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the fruitfulness of their lives be upon each one of the people, dear God. We thank you, dear Lord. And now we surrender ourselves to be used by you. You have a purpose, dear Lord, for everything that you have entrusted into our hands. Let there be a generous heart, dear Lord. Oh God, that we will be generous before you. And you'll fulfill your purpose to use whatever we have as we surrender to you to be a blessing to others. We thank you and we praise you. Hallelujah. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Hallelujah.